The moonless night gave us some cover, and the city lights were distant, swallowed by the greater darkness. We would be hard to spot from either the road below or from the house above should Reggie Mount be peering out of his back windows. I imagined him working steadily in an upstairs study, musing on the nature of evil. We came to the rock wall as a sudden wind moaned through the foliage. I could make out the grain lines in the stainless steel door and flicked my flashlight to low beam. The padlock was gone, and the hasp was closed but unlocked. Fear that tasted like gunmetal started at the base of my throat and moved down through my chest. Sweating, my breath coming in short rasps, I shivered and stepped back to control myself. We stood shoulder to shoulder, and Bobby gave me a grim look. Almost like they're expecting us. I stashed the flight bag containing the saw and some brush. Bobby pulled his Beretta and screwed on the silencer. Sliding my Colt out of its holster, I carefully opened the hasp of the door. I turned sideways, trying to be invisible, as Bobby flattened out on the road, gripping his pistol with both hands, aiming into where the darkness would rush out to meet us. When I opened the door, I exhaled and pulled it open. Nothing. Dead silence, except for the low whisper of the nighttime wind. We inched forward, and the beams from our flashlights dissolved into what seemed an immense blackness. Cement steps descended, matching the angle of the ceiling. Had my heart not been doing its best to bang its way out of my chest, I would have had vertigo. Bobby peered down into the gloom. How come the freaking steps go down, but the hillside goes up? Bizarre sense of humor makes it creepier. He nodded grimly and gestured impatiently with his pistol. Bobby led the way, and I tried to count the steps, but immediately lost track. At the base of the staircase, we came to a landing enclosed by two-by-fours with insulation nailed between the ribs. The ceiling was cracked and discolored, and the drip of moisture sounded loud in the stillness. To our right, an opening ran into a low corridor. We looked at each other and entered. It was maybe thirty feet long, ending in an ascending staircase, which led to another similar landing, only this time the connecting passageway was finished. The walls were painted with Mediterranean designs similar to the tiled steps I'd been descending when I saw Halliday jogging the first time I came here. There was no sign of anyone having recently passed through, but we proceeded with great caution. As we threaded our way through the maze, I was struck by the horrifying thought that we could be locked in by someone simply attaching a new padlock to the outer door. If Bobby shared my thoughts, he kept it to himself. He was in his element, securing each passageway, guiding us deeper into this underground riddle. Although he's not my equal when it comes to pure investigation, he's a superb scout, and if anyone could lead us to the heart of this labyrinth and back out to the world above... Bobby was the guy. After twenty minutes of slow progress, we came to a corridor, which sloped down at a thirty-degree angle and narrowed as we descended. There was a round hatch at the bottom, not unlike the door to an old furnace. Bobby took a deep breath, grabbed the handle, and swung it open. Our beams barely cut the blackness as we descended down a wide ladder staircase, shoulder to shoulder. Halfway down, we triggered a motion detector and I shuddered as the dark was replaced by an overwhelming brightness.